always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. And always look on the bright side of life. Come on! Always look on the right side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your sin, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath Life's a piece of shit when you look at it Life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true You'll see it's all a show, keep on laughing as you go Just remember that the last laugh is on you And always look on the bright side They, 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 so scientists have done studies, and human hair and skin, when wet, produces like scent enzymes, like like the proteins that like we let off are mm-hmm. very similar to the ones dogs let off, which means that white people smell like wet dogs. Scientists have done studies, and actually, our skulls are different shapes. And if uh-huh, I take out this uh-huh. little measuring. Uh, device. It's Leonardo well, no, DiCaprio it's, well, from well, the well, movie, no. from Django. From Scientists movie, have done dimples. studies, scientists have done studies, and they realize that white people, uh, when they see a red light, like a laser pointer on the floor, we will try to dig it up. <laughs> uh, it, tur- it turns out white people love, white people love jogging. Scientists have concluded white people love jogging because it gets them their walkies. Scientists uh, have determined that if white people had tails, they would run around in a circle yeah, yeah, chasing yeah. them. White people hate thunderstorms. We hate them so <laughs> much. White people hate fireworks. They think the world is ending. I, 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 I have mean, to lie down I in do. the bathtub <laughs> when fireworks are firing also, guys, guys, white people, scientists have concluded, white people hate taking their medicine, but if you wrap the pills <laughs> in peanut butter or cheese, oh, they take their medicine so easily. White people, white people, if if you leave a white person's house, they think you're you're dead and you're <laughs> never coming back. Right, right. Uh, uh, 100 people surveyed, top four answers on the board. Won't go for a car ride? Want to go for a car ride? <laughs> Want to go for a car ride? <laughs> My dog in real life is behind me and that stopped her dead in her tracks from chewing on her chew toy whenever I said, Excuse Want to go for a car ride? He's Sir? Like, Father? And like, she doesn't even like, she gets motion sick. She doesn't even like car rides. Oh, but baby. like, the moment before she hops in, it's just like she's in hog heaven. It's mm-hmm. just whenever the car starts moving, she's like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> but mm-hmm. she she gets Why so they, excited. Why do they like it? Dogs long for the womb. 
Okay, but like, okay, but like, fidget spinners are basically chew toys for white people. <laughs> like, just something to like occupy our time. Uh, they come in all Justin, different Justin, we gotta we gotta shove you in the temporal chronometer and send you back to 2015 with that kind of A grade well, okay, material. Okay, okay, then fine. About uh, fidget bu- spinners, uh, fine. Bubble pads, popper pads. Those the are what the fuck? Bubble pads, like what wraps my packages? No, no, no. They make them now where they're just sheets of rubber with little domes that you can pop back and forth. They're all over, like, gas stations, grocery stores, big box stores. They're everywhere, Kevin. You asked me to the... be contemporary, and I gave you contemporary. It's not I don't my know fault you that you're behind the times. I don't know if you did. I've never seen one of these pads. There was a long time where, uh, in, in whenever I was, like, you know, in therapy and counseling, where the the on the table between myself and the counselor was these like bubble pad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I stopped going to that place and I go to a new person now. I've been going to this new person for uh, a couple years now, and they're great. But they're they're think they have a tin of like it's not silly putty and it's not gack, but it's got like a similar kind of just like. It's like a, a goop that you can play with and like make it into a ball or make it into a worm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like something to do Flome. with your hands. Yeah, just blowing. Just, just something to do with your hands while like while you explain like your anxiety about driving cars anymore. Right. <laughs> something like right. they, I just never know if somebody has a fucking gun, and I'm worried if so if I cut somebody <laughs> off in traffic accidentally that it's. I can't go to the car anymore because they said we were going to go to the park. And we went to the vet. And I can't, and we... <laughs> I can't repair that broken trust. Ex- Justin landed the plane. Justin landed the fucking plane, Justin. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, they do, I was in fact, told... sell chew toys for people, though. They're called chewlery. And they're little, the little, they're little rubber like prisms on the end of like a string you wear around your neck. The candy bracelets? No, no, no. They're rubber. They're literally chew. They're like chew toy material for people. That can't be healthy, right? I mean, I guess you uh, give them to babies when they're teething. N- y- y- um, it, like it's a sensory toy. Like it's it's literally is it's like a chew toy. It's just a like you know you know that urge to like chew on something like on your pencil, or, like the collar of your shirt, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's meant to scratch that same itch, but it's a little rubber oh. cube around you wear around your neck that you just oh. pop in and out of your mouth during like your day and just get a couple good gnaws in. <laughs> a couple good gnaws, just gnaws. Yeah. Kevin, that's my smoke look- break. I'm taking my I'm taking my chew toy break at work. White people are dogs, <laughs> is what I'm learning. <laughs> Is fucking what I'm learning. Popping in their chew toy to occupy them. Oh, I I'm trying to lose weight, so my wife now puts all my meals in my Kong, and I uh-huh. have to like roll it around. <laughs> I we said, no, we love hard, dry, bland food. <laughs> I put my wife mashes up my food and puts it in a Kong, and I spend like an hour like licking it out, just oh, sitting on the couch God. like watching TV. <laughs> I've been trying to learn how to cook this year, and so I've been cooking some meals. And my wife, whenever mm-hmm. I do, you know, make something, she, yeah. slow down, slow down, slow down, because <laughs> if I, because I will eat it too fast and, and choke myself. And right, 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 right. No, no. I have you a big, got, you gotta... big cough. My wife has to stop me from jumping up on her every time she comes home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sneezing at her whenever I'm excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get it. But what, but but when my wife pulls out the jar of peanut butter. 
I know I'm in for a good time. <laughs> it must be our anniversary. <laughs> Honey's breaking out the jiffy. Ooh. I know it's yeah, they'll they'll give me the they'll give me the jar of peanut butter and then then I'll know like th- that's when I'm okay with being unsupervised. You know what I mean? Like right, right. if yeah. I don't have I have to be in the room with no matter what room she's in, I have to follow her around, but right. if given the jar of peanut butter then they can, you know, then they then my partner can go into the other room and I <laughs> don't even care anymore. You know what I mean? Because I'm fucking, I'm rocking with that peanut butter, baby. <laughs> I'm slurping it up, dude. Yeah. It's my, my wife gets to decide if I get dry food or wet food today, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always well, feel I can't so do special when it's a wet food my tummy. day. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I get that. But I actually like the dry food. So it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really sense. bother me. Yeah, I mean, I mix, yeah, I mix my dry food with pumpkin. So it has kind of like a wet food so consistency. It's kind of wet, yeah. But it's not like, it's not the wet food. You mm. know what I mean? Because yeah, then I will yeah. be, because, because then my stomach will get hurt, but it will get hurt at three in the morning. I can't, yes. I can't vomit yes. if the sun's up. I can't have the shits if the sun is up. It has to be two or three in the morning. I have to wake somebody up with, like I have to wake someone up that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a, it's always like a nice wake up. It's always just like, yeah. I, I, I don't, I imagine it's like the same thing happens in my brain. Whenever Reagan wakes up in the middle of the night, Reagan named after the girl from The Exorcist, not after the president. But whenever, <laughs> because she pukes all the time. But whenever she, uh, whenever she wakes up with a, and I know she's going to puke. Like, I imagine it's the the same thing happens in my brain to like a firefighter when they're asleep at the firehouse and the buzzer goes off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like I imagine yeah. like that same like oh like that. You're suiting up in no time. You slide down the big pole. I have to like yeah. I have to sleep in like clothes. I have to sleep in clothes because like you never know. You never know, and I'm not gonna go you out like know. three degrees and you know nothing. <laughs> um, hold on, Reagan, yep. one second before you puke everything up you've eaten all day. Let me put some clothes on. <laughs> no, can't take those kind of chances. Who do you want answering the phone at three a.m.? You know exactly. the old the old Hillary Clinton question. Right. I forgot about the uh, the who I forgot about that whole uh, presidential campaign thing. Yeah. Who do you want answering the phone at 3 a.m.? I'll never let go of 2008. <laughs> I'm still relitigating it. Never. That's Kevin's like core personality trait is that he just will not let go of 2008. I will not. I'm with her. <laughs> I'm with her. He's with her. Pokemon I'm go to her. the polls. Pokemon go to the polls. I'm with her. <laughs> Pokemon, he's with her. John Michael Higgins in the hashtag in the, Hillary Barbie. I'm with her. Uh, John Michael Higgins in the in the video where he he and Pink sing "This Is My Fight Song" for Hillary. You remember that? Yeah, I do. We got. Remember that? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna watch my fan edit where I put that song into like Monty Python mm. and the Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the French like kicked them out of the final castle, right, and they're mounting that big army. And there's, like, all that, like, actually kind of dramatic lead up to the conflict. But I've I've recut it. In my cut, it's... Release the Lanigan it, cut. Release the Lanigan cut where the only change is I put fight song in at the end. Did you see in the opening um, credits, they have, like, yes. the big, like, 
the big screen that like all similarities to any person's living dead or undead is entirely qu- like all that legally. And it was signed by Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon, Richard M. Nixon. Cause that's, we were talking about this earlier about like how Cause it was 1975 and in, in the 1970s. Nixon was just a punchline. You could just say it was the funniest Nixon. guy. It's just like, you just have to say Nixon and everyone's like, fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, they did. Let lever's been pulled yes. and all right, we are safe. <laughs> yeah, you are. That is the, I guess, mm. safe. this is a pretty low stakes operation. You can pull whatever lever you want at any time. I know, I know. That's I like know. the best lever to pull. I know, but I, but I, I but I'd, I'd rather take like the safety here, much like Richard Nixon was a safe target in the 70s. Yeah, it was a safe target. <laughs> Justin landed the fucking plane again. <laughs> Hot damn, Sully Sullenberger saved 150 <laughs> souls. I have to wear glasses now because I swam around in the water with How many birds, Kevin? How many birds? Couldn't care less about bird life, I'll be honest with you. Uh You can't. I'm not invested in birds. I got too much to care about. I can't care about birds. You know what I think about Vern? Fuck. You don't think about birds, Vern? I think they're finger licking good. Oh. That's good. Uh, Of course, there's uh, the movement, uh, birds aren't real. Uh, the people that don't think birds are real and that they're actually I think birds spy drones. shouldn't be real. But uh, my favorite, my favorite thing from the birds aren't real movement, the people that believe that birds are actually just drones that the government uses to spy on us. Right. My favorite thing <laughs> right. from the birds, the, the birds aren't real movement is uh, the shirts that say bird watching goes both ways. <laughs> That's good. Holy That's really shit. good. I love it. It's like I am hearing someone talking about the birds aren't real movement. I'm like, okay, uh, cuckoo, 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 and I'm, you know, and I'm, you know, mm-hmm, giving yeah. into big bird propaganda by doing cuckoo. But then they I say think... bird watching goes both ways. I'm like, all right, you've you've convinced me. <laughs> See, I you got me. I this pretty good. Like I love a good shirt. The, yeah, I like to split the difference. Um, birds were real, but they died out in like. Mm. 1910, 1920s, when, like, phone lines were really picking up and they just all died. Um, so we've been having mm. various aut- um, automata uh, um, drones, like, to replace them. Okay, okay. Stop me. I l- this is a little game I like to play. Stop me if this is a family guy cutaway. But there's two guys watching birds and they're like, oh, a spotted ornithopter. And then we flip around to the birds and the birds have little binoculars and they say... Oh, a flannel jackass. Is that funny? That's that's that is a family guy cutaway gag. It's a good um, one though. And not I it's a good one though. Uh I Thank used to you. Sometimes those are I, funny. I used they are they're more often than not they are. I They're uh, funny. I you got away. You know, a car that wants to have sex or whatever. That's funny. <laughs> when I worked at Disney World, I went to. There was one day where I went to Magic Kingdom, and they're doing a big show in front of the castle, and there's like you know a power line right there, and there's this like this big show going on with like Mickey and Goofy and Donald, and they're all like they're big anima like they've got big animatronic heads, so they're they're mm-hmm. they're blinking and their lips are moving with the song, and they're doing this choreographed routine. And there's fireworks and magic and everything. And I'm just, like, looking at this, like, power line. And there's a bird on it with his back towards you – know, his back to the thing. And I'm like, is does it, does this, like, not even register 
for the bird that like what's happening behind him or is it just like this bird has flown around here so much that it's like old news and i was sitting there staring at this for a long time before i realized like motherfucker you're at disney world and you're sitting staring at this bird (laughs) trying to figure out like what this bird's like capacity for like taking in entertainment (laughs) doesn't doesn't it know that it's at the most magical place on earth I was so just like I could not stop staring at that dumb bird. This it's normal to a bird. Bird does not the, to them. That's just the, what we humans are doing that all the time. It's Except just, it's actually a drone that's watching us. Right. Oh, gotcha. Oh, well, now we know. Uh, it could be an African swallow. Oh, bird! Hey, there we go. Land of that fucking. Oh, land of the goddamn African plane. swallow. Oh, of course, yeah. but. African swallows are non-migratory. Well, it could be a European swallow. It could be a European swallow. And now Perhaps we just they... sound like every uh, high school theater yeah, <laughs> troupe yeah. in, uh, mm-hmm. just, just reciting this movie back and forth at each other forever. I, no, but that was a Do personality, guys... including my personality. Like Same here. Do you get mad when someone quotes Monty Python and the quote is incorrect? Do I get mad? Does it, like, irk you? Does it get on your nerves? If someone, uh, you know, if, if I were to, if, whenever I came in and said, it could be an African swallow, if I if I, if I I came in and if I was like, it could have been an Egyptian swallow, like, would that, does that get on your nerves? I will say, it used to. Okay. And, you know, maybe we can call this just, like, getting old or the trials of being alive. <laughs> The weight of the I don't human care about condition. that stuff anymore. Yeah, I, I got problems it. now. I got <laughs> the rent is due on the first. I can't be worried about exact quotes from Monty Python anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to like find a wife. I can't. I can't be worried about. <laughs> I can't be worried about misquotations of Monty Python. Yeah. You know, like, I'm a single woman with no prospects. <laughs> I, I gotta... If if you get the gist of like the lumberjack song. That's okay. Close enough, I say. Yeah. I don't don't get frustrated whenever I hear the quotes wrong anymore, but the one that still gets me is when people refer to this movie as Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. Where'd they find all those words? That one gets on my nerves for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that one gets on my nerves. Well, in all fairness, I don't know. Spoiler (laughs) alert. This is more of a quest movie than an actual success they don't there is this is it's really about the quest it's yeah. about the journey not the yeah. destination it's about the friends it's, you make along the way it's about family you know because welcome back to movies for babies welcome uh, back we're, we're, welcome <laughs> back welcome back where uh we're we, welcome back to your february edition of movies for babies i am one of your hosts tv's kevin lanigan and uh, you might know me as a smelly pea-brained wiper of other people's bottoms oh and i'm Vern, and you might know me as a shrubber a person who designs and sells shrubberies and this is Justin Grimroth, better known as Sir Not Appearing in This Podcast. <laughs> Yay! Justin was like sweating. <gasps> <laughs> oh, what do I got? Uh, oh, no, they no, took, no, buddy. Took... I, am, I am bone dry. I had that holstered all day. Oh, wow. I yeah, had that, oh I've been sitting in this clock tower all day to line that shot. 
Yeah, Yikes. I've had this this quote gun oh, it's been lined up for for twenty years or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and we are here to talk about a little film. Y'all ever y'all ever heard of this one? Y'all know y'all know about this in the Here's audience. Something. I think Vern's picks on this podcast are so important because if someone were to try and listen to this podcast for the first time. Vern's picks give them a movie that they've heard of. <laughs> Vern is going to make sure that every three or four episodes, there's like something. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, oh, right? Like, oh, it's Dick Tracy. It's like it's like oh, a movie I've heard of before. And then Justin will bring in an obscure European children's film, and I'll bring out like some vintage piece of Americana that has been shoved under the rug almost yeah. intentionally. <laughs> and Vern will be like, Star Wars. And people will be like, oh, I've heard of Star Wars. You want to talk I'll, about I'll listen Superman? To the Star Wars. Let's talk about yeah, Superman. You, yeah, you guys know you guys know Dick Tracy? You guys know uh, uh, Batman? You ever heard of him? We haven't done Batman, but you know what I mean. I'm sure it will happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, you know, it's uh, that is something I think about a lot is I and bear with me on this I get uh, un incorrectly categorized as knowing a lot about movies and I don't necessarily think that's true I think um, there are certain movies that I know a whole like I, I, I have very specific knowledge in certain films you but know like, more about The Godfather, arguably, than Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yes, but also, you know, but you're you're correct. But also, like, I've never seen Close Encounters. You know what I sure. mean? Like, there's just things like that, and I and it's it's uh, Monty Python and the Holy things like Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Pee Wee's Big Adventure uh, are are things that like. They're Midwest obscure. They're not obscure mm-hmm. like on a in a on a big cultural scale. But Us when you coastal live coastal elites, yeah. But if you live in like West Frankfort, Illinois, or Warrenton, Missouri, or whatever, like mm-hmm. people, you know, like it's it's harder to, you know, you go to Los Angeles, you go to New York, and you throw a dart. Uh, you're going to hear someone say, ow, you threw a dart at me. But you're also, <laughs> chances are you're going to land on someone who's seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Whereas, sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, in West Frankfort, Illinois, that doesn't happen. And so... Uh, is the, that right? Pardon? Is that is that true? Because, like, That's Warrington, Missouri is, like, maybe it was just my friend group in Warrington, Missouri, but, like, everybody knew this movie. I knew this You know, this was just, like something that people knew and quoted or at least like maybe not the yeah. popular kids no like i grew i grew up with this movie from like references made between my dad and my grandfather like this is how i yeah. bonded now now admittedly like you know my grandfather was an engineer for an aerospace right. company like he and he was have... a big fat nerd but, he was a man in the know. But also, we have yeah. discussed previously that, like, West Frankfurt, Illinois, I think was built on a hell mouth. It's just different there. <laughs> it's, it's God's armpit. It's, uh-huh. it's like... Yeah. Cl- clouds part to go around. It's, I mean, it truly is just like... Like, everything that you've ever heard me say 
if uh, and there's plenty of it on the internet. Everything you've ever heard me say that was like totally backwards and wrong and fundamentally mm. incorrect. That oh, is no. the West Frankfurt in me. <laughs> that is. I can't like, remember if it was on the pod, but let the baby smoke. You know. Oh like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yes. Yes. This. Yeah. Let the baby smoke. Uh, that's or like look that's at the baby smoke. That's a West yeah. Frankfurt mm. thing. You know, it's in uh, West Frankfurt. They don't swear by the seeds they plant. They swear at them to make them grow. Of course. Yeah. Other and uh, every other part of the world, people say, like, you made you made your bed. You now you lay in it. But in West Frankfurt, Illinois, whenever you've done something and, you know, you have to reap what you've sown. Other places in the world say, like, reap what you sow. In West Frankfurt, Illinois, they they say, pick yourself some of them grapes. And that's just. It's this. It's this one it's so little tiny. Exactly. You know. There's so many syllables. Grapes are you picking in Illinois? Exactly. In West Frankfurt. You know, Illinois. it's in West. And it's, That's it's not in West wine Frankfurt. Country. I love a West Frankfurt wine. I love a full-bodied <laughs> West Frankfurt red. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's in West Frankfurt. Fumes like anywhere else. Anywhere else is like. You know, like they're a bumpkin, they're lazy, they're whatever. But like in West Frankfurt, Illinois, you have you can't say like this person's lazy. You have to say like they're as useless as the back row of titties on a boar hog, and they just say that as if that's to say a normal thing to say. And then you move to like St. Charles, Missouri. You move to Florida, and you say some of these things that you heard your whole life, thinking that they're like normal things to say. And everyone looks at you like you've got three heads, mm-hmm. I... like a certain knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I must say, I must say. Titties on the back of a boar hog may in fact be useful to suckle more babies. That's an extra pair of piglets right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Thank you. You get it. You get yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Monty Python. I'm surprised to know that, like, I'm, I guess I am the one who picks up the movies that people have heard of, even if it is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I, a, an, an exceptionally popular film. Yes. Her. I mean, this is like, this, I, I, you're I, true. I guess I, I have no idea if, like, the TikTok teens are into Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Earnestly, not my problem. Yeah. Uh, but I, this was, because this movie comes out in 19 fucking 75. And, like, all of us are approximately the same age, you know, a few years difference on either side, right? But yeah. um, we were growing up in the 2000s. The 2010s was, like, when we were, like, finishing high school, right? And, yep. like, people around me could quote this 50-year-old movie by heart. Oh, and, yeah. and And, and, and at least of our generation, like, the movies from the 70s that people had seen were, like, Star Wars and this, like, yeah. the the original Star Wars and this movie. This is, like, this was a major piece of, of uh, pop cultural iconography, mm-hmm. a common speaking language when you met someone who knew about the killer rabbit or, or, or the sorcerer named Tim mm-hmm. could quote this movie back and forth endlessly forever. This, you is, know, this like, is also when Spamalot came out, the musical adaptation true. in 2004. Right, uh, directed that by Mike. Was that long ago? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and that became wow. its own huge new like yeah. renewal of this whole thing. And yep. and Monty Python and the Holy Grail has hung on to culture in a way that the rest of Monty Python doesn't. 
Like, and I'm not even talking, you know, like, uh, uh, Life of Brian is a beloved film in many ways, but it does not have this movie's, like, yeah. cultural cachet. Meaning of Life certainly doesn't. Oh, um, no one And gives a shit Flying Circus, forget about it. Like, like I, and, and for no, a lot there of are, people. There are certain parts of Flying Circus that have, I think, survived. Bulk of it, not really. I think... Comedy it's, nerds, yes. That's fair. Regular people, no. Regular people do not know the Ministry of Silly Walks. Regular people do not know the Parrot Sketch, the Cheese Shop. The Piranha Brothers, they do not. The Piranha, <laughs> Piranha Brothers. I don't well, even fucking know what you're talking about. And like, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a, a stretch of three episodes of Monty Python's Flying Circus where like all their best, most well-known material is in those three episodes. Uh, uh, like, the Lumberjack song is an episode before the Parrot Sketch or vice versa. I think there's folks that, like... I think the Parrot Sketch still has uh, some legs. Uh, Ministry of Silly Walks, maybe. I think uh, Lumberjack song... Uh, I, I think Monty Python is uh, seeing how the world works right now and maybe not trotting that one out in front of folks anymore because think, uh the joke I, in that one is that a man enjoys wearing women's clothing and it's he should be like they throw tomatoes at him and that's uh gross um but that's I just think, that's just the british but yeah. it's also yeah. like no, that's the, the british Brit- i think you could actually spin the lumberjack song into like basically a guy like being over being super excited about like basically coming out about loving to wear women's clothing <laughs> that's that, yeah, and it turns yeah, out I, I all the other lumberjacks love it too yeah we yeah, need a reclamation of that. the lumberjack song yeah yeah um, we have to reassess the lumberjack song we got to really through a new critical lens we're going to mm-hmm. produce a four-hour mm-hmm. video essay on this topic yeah um but yeah so so holy grail endures Again, Holy Grail gets uh, 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 an entire musical. All Life of Brian gets is one song from Life of Brian going into the Holy Grail musical. Mm-hmm. May um, I posit that it is because, with all due respect to Terry Jones, R.I.P., and R. I. acknowledging that Terry Gilliam is an asshole, yeah. I think Monty Python and the Holy Grail looks more like a real movie then Life of Brian and the Meaning of Life do. There are maybe? some, like, legit good shots in this movie that yes. kind of looks like ass. It was filmed for seventeen. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you uh, know, like, like, like... Like when they come up to the rabbit lair and they're, like, walking out the nose of, like, a skull. Incredible. Yes, yes. That was... That's such a good shot. And, like, it cannot be overstated the production value of just filming in a real place. And there's, like, a shot yeah. af- after they clear the bridge... That it's just like Arthur and Bevedere walking through the landscape, and I'm like, this is beautiful. Like when the, yes. when the Viking boat shows uh, up, like all this yeah. is, or all like, this is very beautiful. Or or the inside of Castle Anthrax, where we're like moving through. Like that's the most Terry Gilliam looking like part of the whole movie, where like the totally. ca- where the camera's moving and in this like weird soft like candle lighting. Yeah, 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 and like it's I also very Terry it. Gilliam because it's about. Like, not about both, like, hating the fact that you want to fuck other women, and you don't <laughs> feel like you can. Uh, it's, uh, I was thinking about it earlier today, uh, whenever I was watching this, uh, about, like, how the castle they filmed at, like, doesn't have two stories, but it's through production design and camera trickery that it looks like 
two stories whenever Lancelot storms the castle and kills everyone in the wedding party. Yeah. Um, That's but also, this is the only Monty Python movie that is directed by both Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. It works best together. Um, two great and Terry Gilliam, Terry Gilliam did not direct another Python movie. He directed several other movies, but he never directed another Python movie. And if you do any reading about the making of this film or listen to any of the commentary or whatever, like the, the, all the stuff that the Pythons did not like making, did not like about the production of this movie is all stuff that like Terry Gilliam wanted it to, wanted to make it look like a real movie. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, and like life of Brian is like, they built these amazing sets, but you never like see them because it's just shot like a, you know, a sketch comedy movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's no, and like this movie does for all of its fucking vaunted silliness for as much as they are like clapping coconuts together because they couldn't afford horses. Like it, it does like have to look and kind of feel like a legit movie for the jokes to land, for right. the silliness yeah, right. to land. And I just don't think the other movies do that. Yeah. No, well. they do not do it successfully. I do think like in my personal opinion, this is by far the best Monty Python movie. It's by far the most most consistently funny there's things yes. i like about the other two to varying degrees life of brian is probably the easy second meaning of life is like incredibly hit or miss the hits are so strong yeah. but there are huge swaths of that yeah. movie that are just like just not it's no, like the like the john cleese sex education class in meaning of life oh. i think is one of the funniest things uh uh that the pythons have ever done. interesting really really what about a kiss boy <laughs> oh. stampeding towards the clitoris and he um, has the big like bed that he's like yeah, pulling he out from, like, that's yeah and that's a, and that was a terry so, gilliam choice yeah it's, that's so uh, funny yes that 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 the the bed coming out of the chalkboard is is great absolutely and i like every sperm is sacred right like every time i date a catholic girl i'm like hey have you ever seen this yeah but it's this movie is so fucking tight and consistently funny it's barely 90 minutes long no scene goes on more than a couple minutes right except for like castle anthrax and the lancelot section yeah or like the only sections that go on for more than like one or two minutes which is how this movie just stays steady on its feet every not every couple minutes you're watching something else but i think another reason that this movie endures in our culture is because it can be watched by babies babies you people show their kids this movie in a way you don't show your kids monty python's meaning of life (laughs) you you show them this movie and like there's like what some violence in it but like the blood looks like red paint you know it's like it's also cartoon violence it's so cartoon right like the black knight like kids to a kid that's the funniest thing in the entire world is the is the black knight and he's got no legs and he's trying to fucking hit you anyway like Mm -hmm. that is comedy to a child and that's why like this movie i think endures is because you can just yeah like parents love it because it's funny to them and kids love it because it's funny to them like most of the like watching this as watching this as i am now having not seen this movie in like 10 15 years like easy it's like a I like I was I was able to pick up more like jokes just as like an adult with an adult mind. Yeah. But those weren't as funny as the ones that I liked as a kid. Like just cuz just... they're simpler and they're just more effective. Like 
there's just something about like a woman using a cat to beat a rug. You know what I mean? Like, or, no, or, or just like a guy saying, "Well, she turned me into a newt, and I got, <laughs> and better. then I got better." That's and then I comedy. Got better. That's, that's that, baby. That's, that's so, comedy. That's so fun. Like just the way the way Sir Bevedere like gets this angry mob to agree to a science experiment, and it's just as stupid. Right as as whatever they were going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's it's incredible. Um, yeah, I think we all kind of talked about this, whether on the last podcast or now, is that, like, this is a movie we've seen a hundred thousand times, but not in the last 15 years. Yeah. I, I can promise you this was the first time I've watched this movie since high school. I feel very confident in that. And for the record, I'm 31 years old. Literally, like, almost half my life ago was the last time I watched this movie. But it's just, like... It's etched in me, yeah. like the last words of the the castle arg, right? It's just like like that is <laughs> mm-hmm. that is like this movie is just in my fucking DNA. Mm-hmm. And there it was, was just, I, it was nice to revisit an old friend. There was a there was a with the exception of um, a couple years ago, whenever I went with my uh, my wife to and her family to the Philippines uh, to visit the the homeland, as it were, not my homeland, but their homeland. Uh, there was just because like this house that we were staying in had like you know 25 people in it all of a sudden just like the easiest solution all the time was to like put something on uh and so i walked in and saw like the last 30 minutes of the holy grail uh but that was the first time i had seen it since high school as well uh and this is the first today was the first time i'd seen it uh in its entirety since high school uh and this is like a comedic masterpiece. It's one of the funniest movies ever made. Yeah. Like easy. Like it reminded me it oh reminded God. me of uh, a a problem that only I have uh whenever I went to go see the 50th or 40th or whatever anniversary of the first Godfather movie in theaters a couple years ago. Just like I spent so much time looking at the edges of the frame i've just seen these frames so many times it was just like i I was just like i i i I, to to not not to say like these movies are bad or anything but just like to get something new out of it i had to like look or your eyes do not normally go (laughs) due to like language of cinema and just like again hilarious movie this movie did immediately go into like probably what it sounds like whenever I talk to my dog. Just all the like, just like I've heard it so many times that it just like turned into mush in my brain. Yeah, I still like enjoyed it, but like the the problem is how much I used to enjoy it. Because I'm just like, that was just like well, time to go to bed. Put on, you know, this was before Netflix, before like things. It was like you put a movie on on the DVD into PlayStation Two uh, as your DVD player to fall asleep to. And mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, during that time, it was like a Monty Python thing. Uh, just, you got to wake up to the DVD menu. Uh, like, uh, ah, good oh, morning, oh, world. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just that. Just. <laughs> it's just like such a strong like since I. I love this movie. Uh, I just remember like going 
through the bonus features on this and y'all i miss bonus features on dvds and blu-rays the so guy, much, the guide like, for how to make a clopping coconut yes yes i love that shit so much and like the menu yeah. screens look like terry gilliam cartoons and mm-hmm. yeah. and there's that like bonus feature of Michael Palin, who I think is my favorite Python, and Terry Jones. I, like That was a question I was going to ask the group later. Oh, okay. Uh, just walking through the castle and trying to find like where they film those specific spots. And like in the little featurette, they find that the gift shop is selling a copy of the script, and they buy it so they can remind themselves of what <laughs> happened in the movie. That's funny. Uh, just like, That's but funny. It, like, it, and it, it just like it made me fall in like, oh, production. Wow, it's too... It's there's only one floor or a floor, but they made it look like two floors. That staircase that Lancel arms up, like they built that in, and like it made me think of like you know it inspired like you know when Patsy says it's only a model, like it is only a model. It's like a big wooden fake castle because they only had one two castles that they could film in, yeah. and uh, this thing Camelot is so three much. rooms. All we see three are <laughs> three rooms. There's three the rooms. alcove. With, there's the alcove with the choir, the shitty like dining room with the tap dancing night nights, and the dungeon. It is three and rooms, and we are also only seeing like one wall of each of those locations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very uh, very sitcom three camera setup. Uh-huh. But like this, you know, it just this this thing inspired like made made me realize like what you can do with like, you know, like the coconuts were a. Uh, or, you know, because they didn't have enough money in the budget for, like, more than one, like, horses for more than one day. There's one actual horse in the movie, uh, and they couldn't have, and, and on the DVD, there's, um, there's a bonus feature where, like, things pop up while you're watching it, and you can see how much each thing costs based on the receipt, like, the accountant's <laughs> cut of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is very funny. So funny. Uh, but like, and then I remember watching the audio commentary for this movie because I listened to the fucking audio commentary for Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and it's a precious object. Yeah. And them talking about like how like they had a hard time making like the Black Knight scene work in editing, and me as a as a person who doesn't know anything about filmmaking, just like, but it's funny. How did you have a hard time not making? You know, it's so like yeah. this inspired. I learned a lot of this like indie low budget filmmaking from this thing. Uh, but it was just like putting it on today. Just like it did just like turn into dog sounds right away. Just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? <laughs> because I've just seen this so many times. So what I think- the first time I saw this movie, I rented it from a video store and I had it for five days and I watched it six times in those five days. It was just like, it was like finding God, but uh-huh. I was like, I spent way too much time at that church. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off a whole no, bunch. I apologize. What I do think is to like part like to this um, movie's strength in it, in its script. Um, yes, this I did go into dog sounds uh, with this, but I still tried to <laughs> pay attention. And what I think helps with this script is that almost 100 percent of the jokes are verbal, like. Yes. Every, like, every comedy mm. routine, like all, the majority of comedy in this is two plus people arguing about something. Um, where they just kind of have to stand on opposite sides of a shot and then just bicker about something back and forth. 
They don't need like you most... seem repressing me, don't you? Exactly, exactly. It's it's the knights who say knee. Um, like it, Michael Palin just has to sit in that like eight foot tall knight costume and then just the like, gesture, and that's it. No one like, and but that's enough. Like so much of the comedy is just conversation instead of like doing things funny. There's there are relatively few like sight gags. There's they're in here, but not a lot. Or like doing things costs money. It does. Doing things is expensive. It does. Filming dialogue is is cheap. But even I understand what you're saying. But even most of those shot reverse shot situations, like. There's still like Michael Palin's in an eight foot costume. Oh yeah. Like there's still a man with three heads that yes. they built. Like oh. it's still like those are sight gags. Those are adding yes. to it, and it doesn't feel like contemporary movie comedy, which is planting down two cameras set up and letting them improv bullshit. At yes, each other yes. Where they don't even write for, jokes for longer than any scene in this movie. Right? Like uh, any scene in in Knocked Up is longer than any scene in this movie. <laughs> And I, there, there's just, it's such a tightness and there's such like creativity in every scene. Every scene is a new comedy premise. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and the, the, the Black Knight scene, which is a huge, like, uh, 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 I'll bite your kneecap. I'll bite your legs off. Right. Like, like, and and that is completely different from the French taunter scene that has preceded it is very different from whatever follows next. Like they, they keep it from being endlessly repetitive. (laughs) Yes. And I don't know. I mean, that's like a, that's a magic of doing it. And I think like breaking it up with Terry Gilliam cartoons every few minutes really helps that. Absolutely. And like, Making sure it's different cast members in different combinations in every scene really helps that. Oh, the like the um, storyline about the historian getting murdered. Right. Like that all these little things that help break it up and like this you know, like this... real death being treated real as opposed yeah, yeah, to like yeah, yeah. we just saw like bring out your dead. Right. Right. <laughs> right no, but, but it, no, because he's a normal contemporary person. He's a real yes. guy. He's not a character. He's an actual person and he's treated with and his death is treated with all the weight of an actual real crisis yeah and like the movie opens with the 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 well the movie opens with an elaborate uh credits joke about the dutch um swedish (laughs) but actually on the on the on the dvd that i have i don't know if it's the edition that you all have as well it just sort of says monty python and the holy grail special edition Sure My like copy that. of the movie opened up with several minutes of a different movie. Dentist this... on the Job. Yes, Dentist on the Job. <laughs> um, so this is something that weirdly happened in the eight. Welcome back to uh, Kevin's very brief TikTok career where he talked about DVDs. Um, th- this movie was part of a weird like trend of like early physical media where they include a bunch of like footage of other movies or sight gags about watching a different movie on the physical disc. Wayne's World kind of does this as well. Like, if you pop in your DVD of Wayne's World, it's going to show you a bunch of clips like you're watching TV. That TV guide, that fake TV guide. The fake TV guide for the Wayne's World movies. Or if you popped in one particular edition of Fight Club, you would... 
uh, be greeted by the DVD menu for Never Been Kissed starring Drew Barrymore. And that would be on screen for a while until eventually it became Fight Club. Um, like, that is just a weird trend that existed in physical media um, for, for a while. And honestly, like, bring it back. The problem is that, like, nobody's putting this kind of effort into mainstream studio physical media releases yeah. like most physical media releases by major studios have little to no special features on them at all like you need to get a criterion or an arrow or a vinegar syndrome or a kino lorber you know one of those boutique labels that is the future of of physical media yep. now if i might be overindulgent for a moment i would like to tell a little story about this dvd copy of monty python and the holy grail that i'm holding in my hands if that is not too annoying to no, my co no please uh, go ahead if i can only add uh the office space dvd also had yes. a uh, had like a fake pop-up window and you clicked on it and then a bunch of pop-up came up and it it ended with like a warning that you're being reported to the police and then the movie, the menu screen starts proper. This yes. was, they used to have, uh, we used to be a proper country. We used to have uh, fun in this. Yeah. In this. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy used to be legal. Yeah. And now because of wokeness, it's not. Um, but, uh, but, but so I used to have a bare bones ass, like off the Walmart shelf, no special features copy of, of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, but I was gifted this copy senior year of high school um there was a there was a young lady who i will not name who i Ooh. had a, just a massive earth-shaking crush uh-huh um we had several classes together of course but you know she was on the volleyball team and i was a theater nerd you mm. know those are two those are two different worlds right never the shame ne um, ne never the twain shall meet never the twain shall meet in, it, it was a reverse high school musical situation. And, uh, but one year for, but this person and I were, were friends. We got along. We went to a lot of the same parties, despite that we were from two different worlds. Mm -hmm. um, and one year for her birthday, I got her uh, The Office seasons three and four on DVD. Oh, and cute. I, and I don't think she knew how to react to this. Um, we had not been in the habit of getting each other gifts previously, um, but I got her those two things for her birthday, and that, I think, was in, like, March or something like that. There was months in between, but mm -hmm. I think... I think she didn't know how to respond, and Midwest politeness dictates certain things. Mm -hmm. And so, the night of our graduation... When we are, and honestly, when I tell the story that I got someone two seasons of The Office on DVD, I like, I, th I think I might like trains a little bit, you know, it's just, <laughs> it just makes me think like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm on like a little bit on the liking no, train spectrum. No, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it is just a lack of social tact. I was 18 in yeah, this scenario, yeah. right? Okay, but anyway, I'm sorry. I will, I will, I will, I will wrap this up. Um, but uh, 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 when we were on the day of our graduation from high school, we were going off in the evening to project graduation, which is one of those things that was funded by parents so that uh, kids did not drink themselves silly and die in car crashes on the day they graduate from high school. So everyone climbed in a bus 
and they shipped us off to like a rec center with a big pool and, and basketball court and shit and was like you're gonna stay here tonight and there's gonna be a pizza dinner and we're all gonna go home super late and you're gonna go to bed um and before we went off on this um she said vin because she called me vin um she gave me this copy of monty python and the holy grail Aww. on dvd that i still have and a batman t-shirt and that Aww. is the story of how I acquired this copy of Monty Python and the Holy Grail on DVD. Bravo. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you for your indulgence. Oh, no. That was a cute uh, story. Uh, Monty Python DVD and Batman. Ugh. The that, That's that's uh, she won me over to <laughs> um, uh, oh, 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 Kevin. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say this just uh, I'm OK with saying it, but I'm going to say this just so you have a, a point to cut. If you're interested in cutting uh, this, what I'm getting ready to say, I learned uh, recently that uh, to take the test to determine uh, whether you like trains or not. It's over a thousand dollars to my I'll never know if I like trains. I'll. I'll yeah. never know. I'll die not but, knowing. Uh-huh. I but I, I am, I am fairly certain that I, uh, I'm really into trains, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm, and that's something that's been, it, in oh, liking this movie and watching this movie as much as I have. I, I don't know. It's it's it, possible. It sounds like a train. Sounds like a train. <laughs> sounds like a train. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, I'm sure I had something. Uh, who knows? I, you, we uh, all you got remind, something. You remind, yeah, the you reminded me uh, of the the glory days of physical media. Uh, mm. That I, I have, I, I'm sure it's. I don't know if it's the same release or if just like some copies came with the slip cover, some didn't. Mine, I have the the Monty Python DVD that you. It's two disc set and had like it came with a yeah mm-hmm. a, like a slip cover where like. The accountant's cut and the yeah, the yeah, killer yeah. rabbit follow the killer rabbit special yep, feature. Like I'm pretty one. sure the, uh, we have the same material. The the the, 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 I, the the Lego adaptation of Knights of the Round Table. Lego adaptation, yes. exactly. And it was great because like it felt like Monty Python also made the DVD, so it felt yeah. so unique and special compared to a lot of the other DVDs on the shelf because it's like just like from the packaging, it felt like. You know, it, it, you know, it's 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 a cut out Terry Gilliam artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Kevin, you you hit upon something earlier that I think like uh, tracks for this three for this group of three people, and just that like Airplane is also a hilarious movie. Airplane is hysterical, but like so many of so much of the comedy in that movie feels like it's from the same vein whereas this you know like there's a scene where there's people arguing about you know like well I didn't vote for you uh, or, uh, it's on the soundtrack that co- of the movie at scene is referred to as constitutional peasants but that's way different than uh the black knight but that's way different than the knights who say knee and it just feels like that kind of uh, that thing that like we tried doing with our comedy, our sketch comedy of just like always trying to always hit on different veins of comedy and different trying to explore different, yeah. you know, like there is a funny dialogue, but also like 
you know, there's a funny giant wooden rabbit that they roll up to a castle. And there's also, like, they throw a cow from the top of the castle. And, all <laughs> and also, stuff. like, there's a edit of John Cleese doing the same running shot seven times in a row. <laughs> exactly. Um, that shot it's really like, taught me how sound affects comedy. Uh-huh. Because I don't think that joke is funny unless the drums are going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really sells. You just get that big boom every time it cuts to the repetition of the sound effect is like eighty percent of why that works. I I just think that like not like not disparaging like a lot of American comedy, not disparaging a lot of the stuff that like I grew up watching and laughing at, but like for the Monty Python the Holy Grail was really instrumental uh, in like learning that like comedy can be more than like people getting hit in the head or hitting getting hit in the nuts right right. (laughs) you know someone saying chowder head and then hitting two other people exactly right right just like grabbing two guys clanging their heads together to make a coconut sound you can use actual coconuts that can be comedy too you can use actual coconuts and just like the versatility of uh both the comedy and the filmmaking uh, is uh, really special in this movie uh-huh. and just like a perfect mixture. And then like, as you said, like every once in a while uh, with their meager means, they do something in this movie to make it look like a real movie. You know, mm-hmm. like you hear like this, you know, and it's stock music, but you hear this like thunderous like score when you see like this crazy ass boat appear in front of uh, King Arthur and uh, Bevid, uh, Bevedere before they uh, they go to the castle Arg. And, like, it really, like, when you watch it for the first time, like, you lean into the screen, you're like, oh, shit, like, it's it's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. there's just, there's just uh, enough of, like, real movie <laughs> scattered uh, in this that, like, it always keeps you second-guessing. And it makes, you know, like... Whenever the, you know, whenever, like, the the French taunter pops up after that boat sequence, you know, that's, you know, th- those, so much of comedy you is, not, you know. It, it, it reminds you you're not watching a regular movie. The boat yes, scene makes exactly. you forget that, you're watching the movie just <laughs> long enough that when the Frenchman comes up, you think, oh, fuck, this guy? <laughs> oh, I was really he's, enjoying this. I wanted them to find here? the Holy Grail. Uh, and, uh, Kevin, I enjoyed your review uh, on this where I said, like, this movie taught people about how movies ended in the 70s. Yes, this I... was every child's, like, learning, like, how movies ended in the 70s. It's like, no, Dog Day Afternoon, he gets shot, credits roll. You know, <laughs> like... <laughs> But I just remember, uh, uh, Jess, you you brought up Spam a lot earlier, and uh, uh, I'm not a huge Broadway Broadway person just because like I just don't have the means for it. Uh, but I geographically was super, inconvenient for you. Geographically inconvenient. Uh, also, bootlegging I, you know, is very unreliable. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I, but I was super into Spam a lot. A just because like. Oh, it's all the jokes I like, plus, like, now with, like, a really good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, it allows me to look at this thing I've seen so much in a new way. But I remember talking with someone about Spamalot, like, the only, the only other person in my hometown that was aware of both Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Spamalot. And them saying, like, I like Spamalot better than the Holy Grail because it actually has an ending. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh oh yeah i remember like, I, like the first time i watched this movie when we rented it from the video store and like that ending happened and they start playing the intermission music again and you're like well there's gonna be something else like we're nope. gonna, i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna wait for there to nope. be something else and then the tape starts rewinding and you're like Hmm. Uh huh. Interesting. Hmm. And, and now imagine hmm. seeing that in the theaters, where oh, like God. that that rinky dinky little organ music is playing on a pure black screen. As it as you're just supposed to so sit good. there in it's silence. And there were like obviously I have this movie memorized, but also there was like. There were just jokes that I forgot about or, like, had had not thought about in so long. Like, when they're answering the questions three, I'm like, this is just, like, a perfectly written sequence of <laughs> Like, the way each one builds, who fucks up what, Lancelot just getting through, no problem. Like, it's just, it's a perfectly written sequence of comedy. Um, and, you know, I... I, I bet they didn't do a lot of improv on set. No. You know what I mean? I bet I've, all this is written on the page and they're doing it. And like, I think because it's so silly. I think when you look at something silly like this, it's very easy for you and the audience, especially someone who's like never made anything to go like, ah, oh, they were goofing around. They were making this shit up. But like what, what these people are doing is so specific. Yes. And so honed. I was really picking that up from Palin this time. Of, like, because Palin, like, oh, Michael Palin is a goofy guy. He's usually doing, like, a silly voice. He's got a silly wig. He's doing, he's like, oh, what a kooky dude. But he's also the most versatile. But he's, he's so precise in what Mm -hmm. he's doing. Yeah. And the choices that he's making. And especially, like, when he's reading the biblical passage about, like, the holy hand (laughs) grenade. Like, the voice and the two moles Mm -hmm. on his face and, like... (laughs) Five and the is way right that that's out. yes, it's just Palin is on another level. Mm-hmm. Like it's truly like what he's doing is so precise. Eric Idle, the, what a silly, goofy-faced uh-huh. man. His facial expressions are so great. What he's doing is so fucking on the money every time, mm-hmm. and it's so Absolutely. specific. Or no, no, Graham Chapman. I think Graham Chapman is kind of the secret sauce to this movie. Because he's the straight man. You need a good straight man. But he's one of, I would say he is one of the great straight men. Which is very funny considering his personal life. Um, He's extremely gay. Very. Uh, uh, He's extremely gay. He, like, he can play, he can play being the guy setting up the jokes so funny. Like, consistently. Like, even in, like, Flying Circus, like, one of his best characters he ever was was the general interrupting sketches because they were too silly. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he feels like, not to sound like an IGN reviewer here, but, like, he feels like King Arthur. Yes. Like, he feels like there is such an air about him. Really makes you feel like King Arthur. Yeah, like, there's such an air about him in this movie, and, like, he feels like... He constantly feels like about to come undone by yes. like how insane this this world is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and which is like, normally Cleese's thing. Which is normally Cleese, Cleese is thing. the fuddy duddy who's like, right, this is all falling apart, you know. <laughs> right. But like 
he 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 just like and how but how Graham Chapman delivers his dialogue in this movie, despite like it's not until like seventy five minutes into the movie before like King Arthur like we reveal something funny about King Arthur, which is that like he gets five and three confused. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like that's the most British joke right, of all. Right. What, are, are you ready? One, two, five, three, Lord. Three, sir. Five, three. Uh, but it's like just, an American would never write that joke. <laughs> I just I can't describe a way in which that is specifically the British. I can't. But like it just he just feels like so like put together, and he feels like so sane and so normal, and mm-hmm. he feels like so like he's trying so hard to like keep from just like snapping at how crazy this situation mm-hmm. like you believe this guy like is genuinely like on a quest yeah uh, and he's he's pissed off everyone's giving him a hard time everywhere he goes nobody <laughs> knows he's the king because they didn't vote for him mm-hmm. and he's pissed off these french guys are pissing him off mm-hmm. the black knight's pissing he's pissed off it really is and i also it's it's it, it feels like lightning in a bottle and i was thinking about like the uh, you know the the audio commentary on this movie and the giant book uh, about like the history of the the pythons called the pythons, like John Cleese get, talking about getting the inspiration. And I think, and before I go any further, I think John Cleese is like an asshole. I think he's a huge asshole, um, gigantic asshole. Just a gigantic, extremely funny. Unfortunately, um, yes. like. Uh, Fish called Wanda, an extremely good and funny mm-hmm. movie. But Baldi unfortunately, Towers, like he's a very huge funny. asshole. Yeah, very funny. Uh, a huge like racist, sexist, like yeah, everything yeah. sucks. Like, asshole. It sucks yeah. how much he sucks. Because he's, he's so, so funny. funny. He's so like funny. he's so remember, tall. <laughs> Look how tall I remember, he is. <laughs> but I remember him like talking about like the inspiration of the the Black Knight scene, and he's like, I remember reading these story about these two wrestlers, and neither of them would admit defeat and they they argued that because they would not admit defeat they neither lost and to me that sounded philosophically unsound and that's why i <laughs> shut up like, that's funny that's and funny like, there's no, that's, no that's one funny. there's no one who like writes comedy very few people who like write comedy that like who like have thoughts that like this seems philosophically unsound. That's Let's an extremely British thought process. Yeah. That's a very uh, like Douglas Adams esque like thought process. The the um, whole reason behind like the French taunter launching a cow at and like other farm animals at uh the knights is because of this like story they had heard from like medieval like a medieval battle where like this this troop had been cornered and so they started like launching their food and their rations at them as a weapon because they had nothing else to like they had nothing else yeah. and the enemy are uh, uh the enemy army like fleeing because they thought like well if they're have enough rations and everything to throw at us and that like they can keep going we don't we we don't you know like and yeah. like that's just like that's a knowledge and that's a level of research that's a you know that's that's a level of intelligence that I don't think that like a lot of comedy writers like have or pursue mm-hmm. when like right. making their comedies, you know, or like where they say the word come a whole bunch. <laughs> Not knocking on a conversation that we had before we started recording, but just like I don't know, there's just such a a level of like cleverness and like thoughtfulness. I think like 
King Arthur looking for the Holy Grail is such a clever and unique framework for a bunch of like silly sketches. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I it's just got that like lightning in a bottle component to it. Um, and as you said, like all the spe- specific pythons firing in all cylinders uh, and like what their roles are. Uh, by this point, Terry Gilliam, like he did not want to touch another piece of paper and scissors ever again in his <laughs> life. But like uh, they convinced him that like they they needed that animation and like like that buck wild like. It looks like medieval anime, like medieval yeah. artwork, mm-hmm. but it's a sun with legs jumping up and down. It's, it's like, a bunch it of looks guys so bent over, shoving trumpets up their butts. <laughs> it's, and it all like it just it it fits it feels right and it works and yeah. and I just uh, there's just such a level of intelligence and weird outlooks on life Mm -hmm. and weird noticings of things Mm -hmm. that these six guys have uh that uh that really makes this movie like unique and special and make it sing uh in a way that like you you rent it from a movie theater or you rent it from a video store and you watch it six times in five days (laughs) i think (laughs) it's just what like I think part of like what is why this movie feels intelligent is because it breaks down its genre and its like theme trappings very early in very intelligent ways. Like the opening scene is people arguing about why there are coconuts in this medieval fantasy story, mm-hmm. which sounds so obnoxious yeah. on paper. That sounds so annoying to be like, let's poke holes in, like, what we're doing here. Let's call everything out. But through some magic of alchemy, they, like, make it work. No, because the criticisms well, and, it, and breakdowns are them are equally stupid and absurd. It is a guy right, getting hung up about what kind of bird carries the coconuts. It's a peasant... Right. Like, like, like spouting leftist critical theory to justify why he doesn't give a shit about the king. It's as I said earlier. As he's like it's, stacking mud because yeah. he's a mud farmer. Right. Well, <laughs> it, like it, it's an angry mob using science and reason to test whether a wi- a woman there a woman is a witch and not only is their method stupid and ignorant it gets them the result they want and they kill her anyway they, they <laughs> want it anyway and they already have like a giant set of scales like <laughs> built right. and ready to go yeah it's just uh, i don't know it's just every it's just a never ending fucking font mm-hmm. of creativity even like the, the brief, you know, window of the movie that I don't think works that we've talked about before, like Castle Anthrax is just not it for me. But A, it is different than ever. It's a different kind of joke than they've been yep. telling the rest of the movie. And B, it's pretty blissfully fucking short. Yeah. Like nothing in this movie sticks around long enough that you are allowed to get sick of it. Mm-hmm. Except in this cut of the movie where they insert an additional 24 seconds of the characters from other scenes in the movie telling them to get on with it in the Castle Anthrax scene. I don't know if y'all experienced I I like that, though. I like that joke a lot. Of just, like, she's going on and on and on, and then, like, 
other people that we've seen before in the movie and people we haven't met yet from the movie are like, get on with it. And it also makes a different joke from later in the movie make more sense when there's like, we cut away to a crowd of people uh-huh. and they all yell something at the movie, which is something I've <laughs> never understood. And it's because they cut out the setup for that fucking joke. That's <laughs> uh, it was a thing where, uh, that was, a, that was in the original cut of the movie. And, uh, this movie like had a hard time finding its audience. No, really? And apparently there was a, yeah. And apparently there was a screening that went really bad. Uh, and it was during that sequence, uh, that sequence where you're talking about the, you know, where Zoot, uh, addresses the camera and says like, do you think this scene should have been cut? Uh, and the does to get on with it where Terry Jones was like, we have to cut the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it was, you know, only after this movie found its audience where like the people at Monty Python were like, well, I guess if folks like this, we'll give them more of it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just put that scene back in. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a bold choice. I think it's the thing where like the first time you watch it, you're like, what? Uh, I think if you're a person who watches this movie, like, you know, a hundred times over the course of like, you know, three days or whatever, <laughs> then you don't mind it as much because you know all these characters so well. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But it does, it does kind of like, it does kind of go into like funny, funny pop culture mashup t-shirt brain, you know, where <laughs> it's just like. Here's what if Rick char- and Morty had the portal gun from Portal? Yeah, this, this is like, here's a character from another scene of the movie commenting on the scene that you're watching. It does kind of go into that, yeah. but it's just like... And, you and know, in 1975, like when you couldn't just re-watch a movie, yeah. you, could, you couldn't just throw it back in the player because there was no player. You, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a thing where it's just like, it's, a, it's another flavor of comedy for their movie. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's just... There's so many flavors of comedy, and there's so many, uh, you know, it's just, there's flavors of ice cream I don't like, but I fucking love ice cream. You know, there's just flavors of comedy that you don't like, but you still like comedy. Uh, it's a, I, 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 I get why anyone would hate it, and it does make the, the one part of the movie that does drag, drag a little bit longer, but, uh. But also, I like Carol Cleveland. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. There's funny moments in that sequence. Yeah. It's just like, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's chased. Um, he's he's chased. chased. But also, he like, that's not a fuck. pre-established character trait of him. You know, no. he has to just, like, say, I'm going to the There's one scene. scene of the movie where he's tempted by... There's not, like... That's the... Because every other... Runner. The only other... How, how do I put this? The only other, like one of the only other women in this movie is like made up to look like a witch with a wooden bird beak. Like yeah. there's not like it would work better if there were like if Galahad was constantly surrounded by hot women over the course of this movie. But yes. It's just like one scene. Yeah. Galahad uh, doesn't have a game to yes. play. He's the one knight who doesn't have a bit that. He's but doing. I also think that. In the French taunter scene, I think he's the funniest part of that entire scene, just because like he keeps trying to reason with the French taunter, and was like, right. "Is there someone else that we can talk to?" Yeah, he <laughs> to ask for the manager. He has the yeah, ask for I the just, manager. Haircut. It's uh, yeah. he's just like so like 
stupid and he's trying so hard to like help his king out and he's just like he's grasping at straws like is there someone else that we can talk to i did that 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 kills me just like his little lines of dialogue in that french haunter scene yeah. i think are the funniest things in it palin is fucking incredible just so it's just funny. like so yeah good. but like gala galahad has has no he's not playing a game lancelot the game is easy he's like the dumbest man in the world and he's a big gallant knight and he yeah. loves stabbing and he's a violent psychopath. Yeah. Sir Robin is a coward. He ran away. Got it. The minstrel, so funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's unbelievably funny. Sir Bevadere, I don't know, is kind of just like a weird enigma who thinks he's smart and he's yeah, not. Yeah, I think, Arthur I think is a big is, yeah. bloviator. Uh, you know, Arthur is like, I am the king. And then he keeps getting in, like, crummy little situations. He gets shit thrown on yeah. him at the end of the movie. No one respects you know, like. <laughs> Exactly. No one respects him. That's the game. Galahad doesn't have a game, but Michael Palin has so much funny stuff in the movie as that yeah. character and other characters that okay. it doesn't it doesn't matter. You can't ding this movie on the story. His, his Lord of Swamp Castle is so it's good. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And I built another one. And that one's like into the swamp. And he hates singing. He doesn't like it. It's funny. That's <laughs> oh, the I Lancelot, that. like... And he wants that. money. And he wants money. There's huge. like money. He wants huge. Tracks of land. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the funniest things. That whole Galahad section with the wedding uh-huh. and like the little nebbishy prince. Uh-huh. That's one just day, that. That's comedy. One to day, me. That's, all of this and, will be yours. What? The curtains? <laughs> no, not the curtains. <laughs> the two. Yes. The two hiccuping guards that like. It's such an easy instruction they were given, and they biff it completely in understanding it. And it's also the first time in that, like, this movie, you know, like, one of the quote-unquote catchphrases of this movie is, like, uh, I'm not dead yet, you know, or whatever. Right. And it's, like, there's a a chasm between the first time you hear that bit and before they finally bring it back in that scene with Galahad in the wedding. Yeah. Or not Galahad, but Lancelot in the wedding. Mm-hmm. Just, like... It's and they give it to like, you twice in that they sequence. Give, <laughs> twice, it just because, like because Eric Idle gets shot with the arrow. The pythons realize like, oh, uh, oh, it's it, we we suddenly have a lot of dead people on screen. We can bring that funny joke from uh, from earlier back. <laughs> I mean, it's been so long since you've heard it that it it's it, it's even funnier. Yeah, uh, and who yeah, plays Michael who Man. plays the little prince? Is that Terry Jones? Yeah, it's Terry There's Jones. This, who looks the way that. Terry Jones like fires that arrow the way he's like the guards are looking at him and he like packs the arrow and he just like shoots it without looking at it, it flies he's trying to be so discreet barely <laughs> at all and then it like obviously like flew hundreds of feet into the forest like that oh the way he I never picked up on the way he was shooting that arrow before it killed me <laughs> killed me it was like he's looking like this he's like oh and he's trying. <laughs> it's so, it's he so writes funny. the note while he doesn't even look down at the paper while he's writing the note he just like <laughs> making eye contact with, with eric idol and graham chapman what, and just like what kills me about <sighs> that sketch is hit seeing it again was his little oomph when he when he falls oh just, yeah <laughs> yeah after his dad cuts the rope and just, yeah, like, just like, oh well, do, do you, you want to get a drink well that's enough of that you just want to like hey <laughs> It's also a moment in that scene where, like, Lancelot's charging up the stairs, and he, like, he's sorting everyone he can find, and he also swords, like, a bouquet of flowers on the wall. <laughs> it's killed me. Killing me. So funny. It's good shit. It's, uh, that wedding sequence is probably, like, this, like, laugh for laugh, the funniest sequence. In I, th- the I think movie. you're right. 100%. 
And it's the longest sequence in the movie by, like, a pretty significant margin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. Monty Python's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> they really they really hit something. But it was like lightning in a bottle. Like, they could never figure it out in movies quite the same way again. Mm-hmm. Again, like, Life of Brian, very good. Meaning of Life, really good parts. But also has, like, that Terry Gilliam short at the beginning that is as long as the Jurassic period of the planet Earth. Like, it's so long. <laughs> and then it comes back. Yes, it's not done. I remember, I've probably even, like, said this before, but, like, my girlfriend at the time were watching that, watch Meaning of Life during the pandemic, because, like, fuck else were we doing? And, like, the accountant pirate sequence is happening, and we're like, oh, this is funny. Like, why do I remember not liking this? And then, like, it goes on for 20 more minutes, and you're like, oh, fuck this. Fuck this so yeah. hard. And I, we just skipped it. I think it's, mm-hmm. um, I have said this on the podcast that I am not a believer in uh, the Bruce Campbell, like hard to make, easy to watch. But uh, I will say, I, I think it did benefit this movie. Um, it's just like, when you hear the Pythons talk about it, they talk about like how miserable of an experience it was to like. Yeah, it looks awful. You're in those fucking like, costumes in the middle of the fucking bog or whatever. Wet. It's, it's yeah, just mist. It's misting everywhere constantly, constantly all shit. day. And these Where are, did they film this? Yeah, and, and these are six guys who like, for majority of their career leading up to this point, had been doing comedy in like studios at the BBC. Right. And so yeah. suddenly they're, they're like, all out. like college kids. They had yes. great crafty <laughs> on yes. set, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a budget. Cause they're on the BBC. Um, right. uh, and you, you, you hear them talk about like the experience and they just like fucking hated it. And uh, I, and like for life of Brian, they like, they go to the, you know, they go to like a resort to write the script and they film it in Tunisia and then, like, for uh, The Meaning of Life, like, they go to Universal for a budget, you know, yeah. and they film mm-hmm. a lot of that on sound stages. But I think, like, with this, like, they're all fucking miserable. Uh, there's a lot of money riding on the line, and they're all like, this has to be very funny. <laughs> we have to work so hard at making yeah. this funny. And they- I don't think they had that same thing in the other in the other movies where they're like, something that makes you laugh uh, and like when you're completely drenched to the bone, wearing like layers and layers of wet clothing, and you're shivering out in the middle of nowhere in Scotland, like yeah. something that makes you laugh there is way funnier than like something that makes you laugh like at the Bahamas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like when I you're think, like yeah. absolutely miserable, and like you get a hard laugh out of something. Like right. I think there's there's something there, and I think. And I don't, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for not wanting to miserable, be miserable. But like, no. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a lot of why the and and, and you know some direction stuff too. I think that's a lot yeah. of why like the other the other films don't don't work as well. I think uh, meaning of life needs a main character. I uh, think they were hungry. If I'm going to cut a, a Swerve Strickland promo on, on Hangman Adam Page. And in this situation, Monty Python is Hangman Adam Page. I think <laughs> by the time Python is getting to the other movies, they are complacent. I yes. think yeah. they are resting on their laurels a little bit. Not, again, that they didn't produce anything else that was funny. Of course they did, separately and together. But they were hungry here. 
They wanted to make the funniest fucking movie possible, and they succeeded in spite of adverse circumstances due to their hunger, due to their want, not because Mm -hmm. of their adverse circumstances. Um, There are plenty of good movies that were largely pleasurable to make as far as those things go. (laughs) As much as work can be pleasurable, there are plenty of good movies. There are plenty of bad movies that were hard to make. There are are lots of movies that had difficult, troubled productions that also suck. It's not a a one-to-one apologies to Bruce Campbell. It's just like when you are just on pure need, when you are just like, this has to be good in spite of everything else, in spite of all adversity, like that can push you up over the top. And that, yep. uh, and otherwise, you know, you're just going through the motions, kind of, on some of your other stuff. Um, I, it's just the hunger has to be there, the want has to be there. You can't be complacent. You always have to be hungry to get the next thing. I think that's it. I think you're right. I think you yep. nailed it. Uh, I think they were. I think they were, as you said, hungry. I think they uh, they were they were tired of. Uh, doing, you know, the... Because if you watch, like, The Flying Circus, uh, you'll see that, like, as the show goes on in the last couple seasons, like, they start having episodes where, like, the whole episode follows a narrative. Um, yeah, there's right. this There's this episode called The the Cycling Tour that has this, like, horribly racist sketch with Chinese people in it, and it's, of <laughs> course, like, all the pythons yeah. in, in yellow face. Um, but like that has a plot line. and it's a Monty Python plot line, but there's a plot line. Uh, they took scenes that they'd written for the script of this film uh, and turned it into uh, and turned turned it into an episode of the Flying Circus. Uh, and if you watch the Flying Circus, you'll never find it because it's a episode of the Flying Circus that takes a place in a department store. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and like, it's not, you think like, oh, let's look for knights in season four of Monty Python and it doesn't exist. But like, I think they like, they had, uh, they had, they'd done everything they felt they could do uh, within the confines of like, just traditional sketch comedy. And they wanted to do something like bigger and better and more uniform and, uh, wanted to break out in America in a way they hadn't and uh, and all these other things. And uh, like you said, I think they were hungry and were busting their ass to try to make it, you know, make this thing work. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it did. <laughs> it totally yeah. did. And it did. Uh, and it still works. I think works. they were also... They were also by limp by like the more limited resource pool, they weren't able to indulge stop like gags and bits that are a lot more resource intensive mm. that did not get big results like the pirate accountants <laughs> or like the fucking the fucking alien scene in um life of brian, life of brian yeah. that just takes forever and it's not fucking funny <laughs> like no. there's no joke to it other than that it is happening other than that yeah. is happening and then Whenever he steps off the spaceship where he's traveled around the galaxy, that guy goes, you lucky bastard. Uh, <laughs> there's, That's uh, and, uh, and I know, like, I was saying that, like, I think the parts of this movie that remind you that it's a real movie are, are, are all because of Terry Gilliam. And uh, the things that don't work, like the spaceship sequence in Life of Brian and the pirate, uh, the, uh, 
the accountancy uh, in uh, Meaning of Life. That's all Terry Gilliam stuff. Or like uh, Christmas uh, in Heaven in Meaning of Life. Yeah, like. yeah. That's all That's all Terry Gilliam stuff. Uh, and so, like, uh, being reeled in is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes um, limitations are good. You can't yes. afford a horse, so you come up with a good joke. Yes. You can't yes. afford to end the movie Star Wars the way you want to, so you come up with the Death Star as the elegant solution to your problem. You yes. know, like, yep. sometimes limitations are good and uh, or make you have to think more creatively. Sometimes getting yes. everything you want exactly the way you want it is mm-hmm. not the blessing that it might appear to be. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about Life of Brian because that was not stocked anywhere in Warrington, Missouri. You could that not one, find Life of Brian in Warrington, Missouri. Um, that was the hardest one for me to find, too. And I think it's all it because of the God stuff. Sacrilegious, right, exactly. Yeah. Quote, unquote. I got that though. for my 13th birthday. Wow. Um, so, yeah. and I, I, I it was a, I saw... You know, because, you know, my meaning of life is done by Universal. So, like, I was able to walk into a Walmart and get that one. But, like, yes. yeah. Life of Brian, like, you know, I found out years later there was a criterion of Life of Brian. But, like, you know, criterions or, like, trying to find a criterion in Southern Illinois <laughs> is, like, trying to find, like, a needle in a haystack. Absolutely. Uh, and I the and I, I probably – I'd like to revisit Life of Brian at some point because – the Life of Brian DVD I have is this, like, terrible, like, Anchor Bay, like, this fucking, like, garbage print uh, of the movie that does, like, you could, you know, it's so hard. The audio mix on it, it's terrible. And I'm sure that if I were to watch that Criterion Life of Brian or watch the version that's on Netflix or whatever, I'd enjoy the movie a lot more. I still enjoy the movie, um, but I would probably enjoy it a lot more. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I... I Whenever I watch that movie, sometimes I do. I do miss, like, just a nice, like, there's so much, like, amazing sets and there's so many amazing, like, production design in that movie. And they don't, they don't, don't even get shots of it. You know what I mean? And Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. But what can you do? I like when uh, we used to build a bunch of stuff to make a comedy. Yep. I, I watched <laughs> Top Secret last year and I was like, fuck me. There was a lot of construction for these jokes. Had to build a train station on a moving rail car for a joke. Built a mm-hmm. probably a model of a statue of a pigeon and then flew a bunch of guys on it so they could shit all over. Like, come on. Yeah, had <laughs> they built a saloon underwater. Underwater. They had to figure out the logistics of an underwater bar fight. They had to, like, build a window so a shootout could ha- be two guys playing tic-tac-toe with each other. You had to specifically build that. It's because of uh, Top Secret that uh, uh, Disney was able to uh, uh, commit a horrible sin and create that CGI Grand Moff Tarkin. Because that is true. Because they had the... to build a mold of uh, Peter Cushing's head with one big eyeball for his big <laughs> magnifying glass eyeball. And they they could they see if Disney kept the big eye in their fake Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh yeah, that would have been good. I would have respected. I that. know we're not talking about Rogue One, but nah, do uh, it. And I know we probably won't, but I I will say if, like, if you pick it, if you pick it, yeah, it's uh, allowed. It, it's legal. It, it probably won't happen that I pick it, but I will. I will say like, um, not the mark of a good movie if when you see uh, a character in it, you uh, get ejector seated out of the movie and spend the r- entire duration of the remainder of the movie 
thinking about your will and thinking about how, like, I don't want to be brought back as a CGI character and things like that. Yeah, that uh, that CG Grand Moff Tarkin really upset me. I don't care for it. <laughs> that movie, Rogue One's fun because it has two horrible monstrosities from beyond the pale lest we forget uh oh, a young a young carrie fisher appearing later looking every bit like a madame tussauds horror <laughs> that one was before she, that one was before she, she was alive like, it, it, that <laughs> yeah. one, like that one like looks bad but like it's not as like to me it's not as ghoulish as, like, as puppeting a corpse yeah, yeah. But also, it is, like, it is. she has a daughter. Just, like, put the yeah. buns on her. <laughs> like, it's, it, it, yeah, no, it, it, it's not as egregious as the, like, Mandalorian one where they cast a young, um... Like, a guy who a, looks like young Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, who looks identical to, like, young Mark Hamill. And then painted... And still did the CGI. And painted a face on him and also did an AI voice. Yuck. Gross. Yuck. Bad. Hey, if you're fine with that, unsubscribe. Get out of show business. If you don't see why that's wrong, go away. Don't talk yeah. to me. It's wrong then and it's wrong now. It's wrong now. <laughs> Putting that little title card in front of every Disney monstrosity that has, like, fake people in it. It's like, <laughs> these CGI monstrosities were wrong then and they're wrong now. This is in the year 2050 or whatever. When Disney Plus is still going strong. Yikes. They're working on a Time Bandits movie. Or Time Bandits uh, TV show. Oh, finally. Jermaine Clement. Finally, a Time and, uh, Bandits Taika movie. Waititi. Finally. I've heard about the Time, like... Time I, Bandits time, show. I've heard rumors of ti- new Time Bandits stuff my whole life. And I don't know, like... <laughs> I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Time Bandits I don't whole- think that Willow show amounted to much of anything. Um, speaking of which, I just it amounted reminded to nothing. Our, they got rid of it. Yeah. I was about to say, I was, but I've reminded our audience that there was a Willow TV show. I also think time bandits just does not have cachet with anyone under the age of 55. Anyone on <laughs> earth younger than Mike Stuklasa does not know what the time bandits are. They, we, they just don't. I barely know what they are. Like, yeah. it's not, that's not a hot property waiting for more entries. We'll never get the Baron Munchausen sequel for similar reasons. Time Bandits is uh, one of the two movies that was showing on the TV at the concert venue where I met my future wife. Aww. So Time Bandits has got like a little tiny special place in my heart for that. I'm you know, and it's an interesting movie and a Terry Gilliam thing. But uh, I, uh, I, I, I keep, as someone who likes Time Bandits, as someone who enjoys the movie Time Bandits, I've heard my whole life about new Time Bandits stuff coming out. I'm like, who wants this? <laughs> who wants <laughs> Who's asking who is for this? this? And like, I, I like You time could bandits. do, like, I feel like the only time you could have done, like, a genuinely good Time Bandits thing was, like, as a shitty tie-in, like, Saturday morning cartoon. Mm. The way there was, like... A Back to the Future show where, like, oh, right. the bandits are at this time period. There was They're a at yeah. this time period. There was a Beetlejuice cartoon. There was a window for this, and they missed it. Yeah. And it was when the RoboCop cartoon was on. It was when Rambo, yes. the Saturday morning cartoon show, was on. The Attack of the Killer window. Tomatoes show. That was your time, and you missed it. Come up with a anything. Come, come on, Taika. Think, Think of you've got ideas one in that idea. noggin. 
No, I want to remake any. Akira. I want to remake Akira. No. I'm not uh, gonna... Akira is another one though that they've been trying to make redo that I, forever. Yeah, no. And they keep finding they like it keep, it's in development hell and it never works and it's like maybe because like there's only one medium in which that can that thing can exist and maybe I, it yeah. already got made. I ask of <laughs> I know it's like, you know, there's a there's a manga, it's like it goes on much longer than the events of the film, right? Like the film is the first one and there's like five more. But like can anyone explain to me the the appeal of a live action Akira? What are we trying to gain? What is the what is the thing that we why must Avatar be in live action? What is the what is the point? What what I can, I I know I'm asking the wrong people. Um, but like what? But like, well, you can't just do it again as a cartoon, Kevin. Why not? Well, yeah, well, that's... Oh, thing. don't do that, it again. No, that's what Netflix is doing with One Piece. Like, they they did their, like, big live-action version, and then this year they announced, yeah, we're teaming up with one of, like, the best studios in Japan right now to just do a new an- do a new One Piece anime. Yeah, just <laughs> Like, do from that. the start. Just do that, like... Are I, they really I'm, doing that? Yes, they are. It's called... And it's gonna be called THE One Piece... Okay. No, I I know I know. Like honestly, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, if honestly, if they just got like a new cast, like if they actually like tried to make it its own thing, and not just like a direct copy of the manga anime, I'd be maybe a little interested. But they're not. They're yeah, fucking I not. I also gonna I get, only... they're gonna get the same like fifty plus year old voice cast to keep doing this shit and like there's no way a new one piece anime is like making it past alabasta you know what i mean like there's no no fucking way especially one produced by netflix yeah no fucking no fucking way they're not even they they barely got their first one piece show off the ground and like are we gonna get more of that like anybody's guess you know like how much more of the live action one piece that they're gonna do they'll need to do like 12 seasons of it to to catch up to to catch up to the to the material and also like you know the first episode of the live action one piece was perfectly fine i have never felt a desire to press play on episode two i just there's nothing in it for me why (laughs) it's a funny cartoon i like reading why do i need to see real people do it i don't yeah we're gonna do tron without all that computer business we're gonna so you so, so you know how Luffy's this, like, big, crazy, like, emotionally unintelligent child who will, like, say, like, kind of cruel things and not care and think, like... St- stab himself in the face with a knife because he thinks that's what right. cruel pirates do. Right, right. He's like, what if he was just nice? What if Luffy was just a nice guy? <laughs> what if he was a nice guy I got along with? This is Spider-Man emails guy. Hmm, I see. Yeah. I don't think, uh... Yeah. I don't think the audience can relate to this this child that just mm-hmm. eats fruit that doesn't belong to him. I think he should be mm-hmm. nice. I think he should him be nice. being I, mean didn't test yeah. well, you know. No, we have right, to... no. Um, him, him having the, the chef who likes to kick, the way that he gets a nosebleed when he sees a pretty girl, this is not this is not testing well. This what if he, well. Was he just doesn't. Nice. Yeah. What if he cooked meals uh, for these ladies, but only if they wanted him to? What? If, uh, so we have this uh, swordsman, he's... He's pretty simple. He's big, he's kind of dumb, and he just wants to be stronger. 
that's not testing him well. Uh, what if he, like, had, like, feelings all the time and wanted to, like, talk to people about feelings? Yes. What about a monologue from his past? Do you think that the raccoon dog? <laughs> I think, uh, what if he was a baby? People like babies. What if he was a baby? I'm sorry for in the word. <laughs> it's all it's, about something you have no it's idea. It's all about. good. This is uh killed with somebody. It's a uh, I my my wife talks about one piece and oh. I want to be an invested uh husband and I I hear her talk and I go uh uh-huh, uh-huh, but I have no mm-hmm. and I feel bad too because uh one piece Yeah, impel like, down, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel bad because uh uh one piece is a thing that like whenever sh- I come home and she's watching it like I will like stop and like sit and watch the rest of it with her. M- my wife can also uh binge watch things and I can't. Um, and so like, you know, she has a day off work and we were, we were actually her and I were talking about this recently. She said that like, sometimes she feels bad for like watching things. I'm like, you have a real people job and like you work hard hours. Like you have every right to like sit in front of the couch and like just watch something all day. Um, Hang out with your dog and watch one piece. Like you you have every right to do that. And so like, uh, like don't feel bad, like do it. Um, and so it's a thing where like, if I'll, I'll sit down like, and I'll watch one piece with her, there comes a point where I, I go like, oh, she's just going to keep doing this. And I can't keep <laughs> sitting and watching this, I but I do, I do like the anime. I love looking at it. It seems really interesting. Uh, there's, I've gotten to the point where like, no, I, I enjoy watching. I just enjoy watching animation anymore. Like there's, I, even if I don't like the movie, like I like looking at animation, just trying to like figure out how they did it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just a thing where I just realized that like, I look at it and I'm like, this is something I think I would enjoy. Uh, Nicole is in, I think past episode 500 or something. Uh, And uh, I'm, I'm never going to be able to catch up. The rate no. that I watch TV shows, I'm not going to be able to catch up with her, uh, and so it's just a it's just a thing where I I just I'm just going to enjoy it, enjoy it passively, um, but uh, but I don't know a lot about One Piece. I didn't know they were doing another a different One Piece anime though. I didn't um, know that yeah. either, and that uh makes me sad. <laughs> yep. Makes me sad, but uh you know. From me watching Monty Python, I would enjoy a bunch of wacky characters on a big mm. quest for a treasure. Oh. Uh, and Landing that plane. A whole lot the, of plane landing tonight. A lot of plane landing. Uh, and so it's a thing where, like, I, I love I love watching what little One Piece uh, I, I do get to see. I like the episode with the guy that's uh, based off of Minoru Suzuki. Uh, <laughs> but it's just there's just too much of it for me, and uh, and that's why I like Monty Python the Holy Grail because it's around 90 minutes of it. The end. The end. Wow, that's good. Wow, this uh, Minoru Suzuki. I think he is anime exclusive. I don't recognize this guy. Oh, oh gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the uh, the chopper. <laughs> The uh, the Chopper Man special, where it's yeah, I see Chopper being a sort of corner man here for Minoru (laughs) Suzuki, which is a dynamic Uh that I like. 
<laughs> being the sort of Mickey to Minoru Suzuki, but he's a little raccoon dog. I uh, I like this very much, actually. Uh, Nicole does not care for because I guess there's episodes of the anime that like are specifically done to hype like One Piece movies. Yes, um, yes. And Nicole they do has that not quite a bit. Nicole has not seen any of the movies. Uh, I I I I don't know if it's something that she. If, if she just has no interest or if it's just like we'll get there when we get there or something. But uh, um, I do I do like to – she does not care for it. I do like to make jokes that like they should do um, newsreaders episodes of One Piece where it's mm. the cast of One Piece as like the actors that play them talking about the movie that they're going to be in. That's funny. Uh, Nicole does not care for that bit, but I think it's a very funny bit that I make to myself. Kevin's just reading about Minoru Suzuki now. You caught me. You caught me. Like, hey, like, I would say like there are like three. I think there are three genuinely good One Piece movies out of the like. I love that we're just talking about One Piece now. Does it? Whatever. Whatever. Um, I love this. Uh, there, are, there are a couple. A couple. Of I, I'm very close to being um, caught up on the One Piece manga. This is the most major thing happening in my life. <laughs> that's fine. Good. It's a it's a thing where like with 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 One Piece and with I know precious little Shin Chan Crayon Shin Chan. There's uh, some episodes of it that aired on Adult Swim when Adult Swim first kicked off, and I found out that those like episodes of Shin Chan are like they're not even like they completely changed like the plots of those episodes with a dub um uh but like i would love to watch more crayon shin chan but it's impossible to find here in america and uh and i I feel like nicole maybe has that same kind of thing with like the one piece movies where it's just like doesn't know where to start doesn't know where to get a cop you know doesn't know where to where to get these things if she even gets these things will they even be translated is it a thing where it's like it's a bootleg dvd and we put it in the p the ps3 and the ps3 explodes so so i grew up on kind of a mixed thing where i would watch fan subs um, and then once for christmas um i got actual like imported dvds Ooh. of some of the one piece movies but they were subtitled by people who did not know what they what we were watching oh, so gotcha, not gotcha. only was like were the like subtitles not very like well written they got everyone's name wrong okay gotcha. in like instead of, baffling way like baffling instead of calling ways. him monkey d luffy they called him banjo kazooie and stuff like sort that sort of they called him roof roof uh, <laughs> As in like, the roof is on? Yeah, yeah. As in, as in, as, as in I as in am a raising? Thing you raise. yeah, yes, thank you. Um, and then like Zol- and then Zoro was so long. <laughs> as in farewell. So long. And Peter Zane. Uh-huh. Um, just, j- just junk. Just junk. I love them. I still have them, but junk. Uh, the fan subs were better. Because um, you know what? When you're... When you care about something... It works. Absolutely. I also, uh, um, a different uh, translation or adaptation issue that I've learned about from my friends who love One Piece is in the American dub of the original anime, they made certain choices based on the way that characters looked concerning their voice. 
Oh, uh, yeah. For oh. instance, when Nico Robin is introduced, she is wearing a cowboy hat cowboy as Miss hat. All Sunday. So, and so, of yeah. course, she's Southern in the anime. She has No, they do that for every character. She's Southern. And they do that, like, they do that with Alvita. Any character introduced in a cowboy hat gets a cowboy accent. And they keep it even if they lose that, like, that the, cowboy the hat later hat, in the course. show. Like, they yeah. just stop wearing it. They still keep it. I think it's, it's a guy, it's very funny to have a guy who has a southern accent when he wears his cowboy hat, and he's like, well, shucks, y'all rooting to, and then he takes it off, and he's like, hello, mother. <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, father. I have missed you. <laughs> hello, my wife. <laughs> wife, would you like hat on sex or hat off sex tonight? <laughs> and he puts the hat on and goes, holy! It's like shooting revolvers in the air. <laughs> Intarnation! Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny guy, I like him. Yeah. I think his name is like Chester. Mm-hmm. I like Chester. Chester's all right. Chester's a fun guy. I like to have him Chester around. Horizon. When he has the hat. I don't really like him without the yeah. hat. No, no, no. Cowboy hats are expensive. That's true. Good one. Hats are expensive. Hats like, are a good expensive. hat is very expensive. A good hat is hard to find. That's what Mae West once said. Yeah, but she said it like this. Oh, a good hat is hard to find. A good hat is hard to find. Ooh. Get a little Popeye there. That's what she sounded like. Look up a clip of Mae West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta go be Mae West. Oh, oh, I gotta go seduce a cowboy. Who is this? I gotta have my spinach. Yes, the listeners at home are hearing us talk about Mae West doing Popeye impressions, and they're going, What? Oh, I just sometimes you catch yourself doing this, and you're like, "Does anyone like this? <laughs> Why does anyone listen to this show?" People, Kevin was talking about like, "Oh, okay, Monty Python episode. All right, this is what we jumping on point." And then we talked for about Monty Python for thirty minutes, and then it became one piece and me, May West, and they go, "I'm never listening never to this show again." I, I, we, this episode opens with us talking about white people being dogs. For 20 minutes. I think, listen, you gotta, I think you just put it all out there. You know what I mean? You put out, you put the personality all out there and either they're with it or they're not. They're gonna, they're gonna have to deal with it eventually. We just like talking about media and there's so much weird shit. We talked about Monty Python way more than we have talked about most things on There's Weird shit is more interesting to talk about than anything else. And... I hate like I hate Spider-Man emails guy. He would I tell us Spider-Man not to do guy. the May West Popeye bit because who is that for? But I also <laughs> hate when people that are talking about media are doing like you know like when they're doing like years removed like AVGN shit where they're like this is the worst thing you know like that kind of horse shit and so mm-hmm. like the Doug know, Walker approach the yeah and like. <sighs> You see, like, some reviewer on the internet is putting up their review of, like, cartoon all-stars to the rescue, and you're not, like, you're never, like, I wonder what he has to say about this. You're never, you're never, you know, clicking on that video, you're never going to get someone, like, you know, this was an interesting uh, mashup of the, you know, it's always going to be, this made me want to suck down buffalo diarrhea through a milkshake straw, (laughs) and all this dumb (laughs) horse shit, and it's so dumb, and, like, I don't know, like, uh, we like I, I think us yeah. three people like trying to be positive and I think us three 
Um, or maybe we're not well-adjusted people, but we know enough to know that like <laughs> life is precious and life is short, and life is too short to like spend talking about like you know whatever piece of dog shit that we don't like. And right, so like right. we like talking yes. about interesting things, and it just so happens that a lot of the interesting things anymore, uh, because there's not a lot of people that like make good, <laughs> interesting things. A lot of the interesting things to talk about are just like weird shit. And unfortunately, like this hot babe that everyone was in love with like decades ago, sounded like Popeye. It just, that's, it just, <laughs> that's just how it is folks. I'm She's sorry. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. She was more than just a hot babe. She was also one of the funniest people alive. This is true. This is true. In, in her uh, time. I, I, uh, my point of rep, the only Mae West thing I've seen is sextet, and that's mm. not the greatest oh. point of reference, uh, for a Mae West thing. Um, so. My Little Chickadee. Gotta watch some more, uh, W.C. Fields comedies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think you'd get a kick out of that guy. I'm um, sure I would. I, I had know. a stupid thought of what if James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, was president, and he's like... I think Iraq is a bunch of poopy diarrhea ass. <laughs> this my economy fe- is a bunch of diarrhea dump dicks. My fellow Americans, today is a day that will live in our nation's history as a period of great infamy. Uh, terrorists hijacked the planes and they flew into our towers and I kind of know, what were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what were these designers thinking? What were they Ladies thinking? Like when Osama bin Laden like gets killed, it's a sketch of him beating up a guy in like a <laughs> sports and it's in, like yes. a sports mascot it's, costume it's him. of Osama bin Laden. It's him beating up Mike Matei, who's dressed up as Osama bin Laden in the basement of the nerd room. Well, like he's, he's recreating the boxing bin Laden flash game. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's AVGN is doing boxing bin Laden. And he's playing that game. And of course, like Mike Matei comes out in brown face with like, and he's dressed up as Osama bin Laden, and he says like, in a horrible accent, like, uh-huh. "I don't like how you're talking about my video game." Uh, mm-hmm. And then, the, then, the, then a nerd gets into a fight with him in the basement, and there's, uh, and there's some sort of like, uh, uh, here's some WMDs. White male diarrhea, and then he shits on Mike oh. Matei's face. You know, like there's some sort of thing like that. Yeah, uh, but he still does board James, right? And he still does board. <laughs> I I uh, vote President Rolf. I'd vote for. Don't, don't, don't quit your day job. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is there any? I'll cut this out if you say yes. Is there any sketch to the old Bin Laden flash games? You know, obviously. We changed the the set dressing, and I don't know, they're beating up, like, Porky Pig or whatever. But is there a sketch <laughs> in, like, a Baladin fa- Flash game? It would have to be, like, a Vernimation, of course. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm sure there is. I just don't know what I'll need is. some time to noodle yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, while, but who's, uh, while you're noodling on that, uh, let's noodle on what the next movie for babies is. Yes. That's me. That's it's Justin. Uh, and it's for March, right? Yes. For March. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we March. still got, we still have some time before, um, Oliver Stone comes back up. Before so. we're getting stone. Right. Right. Before we decide, are we doubling up in April or is April just for Oliver these days? You know, these are, these are considerations. We'll figure it out. Figure it out. I guess we're doing a bonus episode on 
the Knuckles television show. Well, Justin yeah, and I are. Vern th- will, will be, be loving me. his wife. <laughs> Vern will be like living happily married, petting his dog, and Justin yeah, and I yeah. will be like, "Here's what they don't get right about Knuckles." Right. <laughs> they they forgot about the lore. But folks, uh, for my pick, I wanted uh, to like to pick something that had flair that had style that had mm. panache something that ha- was some something that was everywhere um and yet just is not around anymore some so, like something that will transport us to another time and so uh my pick for our next movie is the 1959 film adaptation of the 1956 Broadway adaptation of what? the 1934 beloved comic strip, Lil Abner. What? <laughs> We're watching Lil Abner? This is what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> Vern's picks are so important. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Lil Abner. So I'm talking 1959, directed by Melvin Frank. I have the right Lil Abner. Yes. <laughs> Genuinely very excited to talk about Lil, Lil Abner. Lil Abner, of course, not streaming. We're all gonna have to track down illicit com- copies of Lil Abner. Um, I, Justin, I love you. Starring, uh, uh, starring a guy named Stubby K as a character named Marion <laughs> Sam. That's what he does. He's Marion people. And Lil Abner is a, as Justin says, a comic strip. So maybe, oh. maybe, maybe an opportunity for us to have a, a rich little Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have another rich little Christmas. That's our promise to you. Um. Wow. Oh, Justin, your mind. I, I love it. I can't um, wait to watch a little. Did just. Oh, well, I. Okay. I. I was getting ready to start asking you a million questions, Justin, and I gotta save these. For next month, yeah, I no, you, you, you I gotta save him for March, Vern. You gotta, I save gotta him. save him for March, <laughs> for March Madness. That's right, <laughs> Lil Abner. Right. We're celebrating Lil Abner on Lil the podcast Abner. for March Madness. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys, oh, start uh, start making out your brackets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How far the number one seed, Lil Abner? <laughs> Lil Abner. <laughs> Kiss well. me, I'm Abner. Kiss me, I'm Abner. Um, yeah, amazing. Uh, Run the Julias is the other show that I do. You probably already know that if you're listening to this, uh, where we cover Julia Roberts films every month. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening to Movies for Babies. Uh, sorry that there hasn't been here's some things in the last few months, you know? Scheduling has been weird. We got lives to live. Yeah. We got, we got wives been, to love, dogs to care for. Yes, scheduling has been weird, uh, and uh, we, you know, the we started out the year with a bang as far as just like emotional turmoil goes, and emotional turmoil messes with one schedule. Yeah, but uh, uh, here's some things she'll uh, shall uh, resume, just like the guy on the the uh, on the title art for here's something. Uh, he will come back to the Tonight Show. Here's some things will return at some point. Maybe you're already listening to a new one. Actually, you're not. You're listening to this. But maybe you just got done listening to a new Here's Something. Or you're Could getting be. ready to listen to a new Here's Something. Could be. You, you don't know. know. 
you never we're gonna know. we're gonna finish the story um i'd like to take us out in a clip that just happened to run by my uh twitter feed because i've cultivated my twitter feed in a very specific way an excerpt from michael palin's diaries on Ooh. the subject of john belushi oh <clears throat> me 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 belushi Big and panting like a steam engine at a station, sprawls round my dressing room. We talk about groupies. Belushi blows, wheezes, scratches his crotch, and confides that I'm only fucking my wife now. I concur, and we agree only to fuck each other's wives. <laughs> nice. Michael Palin, one of the funniest guys out there. Nice. Nice. R.I.P. Belushi? But not Palin. Not yet. Not Palin. He's still there. Yeah, I guess Stay we're with really... us, Palin. Are we all Stay Palin with guys? Are we three Palin heads? Is that our respective favorite Python? I'm a Palin guy, followed very shortly by uh, being an Eric Idol guy. Yeah, I'm am... Palin. And then, like, Cleese and Idol are pretty close. I'm unfortunately a Cleese guy, first and foremost. No, I hate it. I get I'm it. not proud about it. I think as a performer, I'm a Cleese, but Palin is the man of my heart. Yeah, It's Palin and Idol close second. Very close second. Love Idol. There's this too much, like, there's this too much, like, bullshit attached to Cleese. I think he's so gifted. I think he's so in, like. He's also sold out the hardest. (laughs) God, he loves selling out. Because he's he loves old. getting divorced and he needs money. <laughs> he's modern day alimony Tony. He's alimony Tony and he loves paying alimony. <laughs> and and he just like he yeah, he sold out the hardest. But also like it's to me it's just like the same person who thought mm, this seems philosophically unsound. Like like obviously there's there's a capacity for intelligence in a brain that thinks that and mm-hmm. so like for the dumb shit that he says and believes sometimes, like, it just really bums, like, the disconnect there oh, really bums Vern, me out. I'm very sorry, but if there's one thing smart people are incredibly good at, it's rationalizing bad decisions. Uh, I guess that's, I guess that's true. Because they think they're so smart, which, of course, exactly. John Cleese absolutely does. Shame. Mm-hmm. Palin and Idol also seem like the least asshole-ish of the bunch. If, like, uh, Idol was just recently on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I don't know a lot about and, Terry Jones. Sorry, uh, I interrupted you. Uh, it's all good. Uh, uh, Idol was just recently on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon talking about the revival of Spamalot on Broadway. Yep. Uh, Revived and, last uh, year. For the longest time, the voice of God in Spamalot was uh, John Cleese. Yep. Uh, and then it became the voice of Eric Idol. And, uh, and you can see Eric Idol on The Tonight Show when he's like, talking about the new the revival the one where it has like Taryn Killam as Lancelot which I'd fucking love to see um, how much uh, is tickets? he's uh, but he says he's talking about the new voice of God and like you can see Eric Idle like being very nice and very diplomatic about the situation and not wanting to say like I wanted to cast someone else because John Cleese is a fucking asshole <laughs> you can see that like him not wanting to say that before he like cool. He, there's this a few, money. yeah. There's uh, there's you 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 can tell that like they maybe don't get along very well, or he gets frustrated with his former comrade. Uh, and but wouldn't now you? <laughs> but now the yeah. so the now the voice of 
uh, god on Spamalot on Broadway is Steve Martin. Oh! Oh, that's well, fun! That I actually fun. really like that. I didn't see yeah. that coming. That's fun. Also, mm. also making God an American in a very, like, British show <laughs> is very <laughs> is funny. Very funny. <laughs> that's a good bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all, please this and forgive me that. I'm not worthy. <laughs> He's so annoyed. <laughs> they talk to a cartoon character in the sky. I fucking love it. I fucking it's love fucking... it. A, car- a, like, and not just, like, a cartoon, a guy who, a cartoon whose only motion is his mouth and eyes. Yes, the, he's movie. got a real Terrence and Philip situation yes. with his mouth. The kind of stuff that, like, you will see in future video collaborations between us three. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I love that shit. Absolutely. Well, see, listeners, thank you for believe. sticking with us. Mm-hmm. See you well, next month like for Lil Abner. Lil Abner, little Abner. He's a little boy. No, he's very big. Oh, is he? Oh, I don't he's know huge. Abner. Oh. Is Abner's too big? Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, we're, we're about to learn about Oh, Abner. honey, you bought regular-sized Abner. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real big Abner. I'm a Roman Catholic. And have been since before I was born And the one thing they say about Catholics is They'll take you as soon as you're warm You don't have to be a six-footer You don't have to have a great brain You don't have to have any clothes on You're a Catholic the moment Dad came Because Every sperm is sacred, every sperm is great. If a sperm is wasted, God gets quite irate. Every sperm is sacred, every sperm is great. If a sperm is
and mine. Sperm that's built in vain. And the 